0: In a world where truth is suppressed, information is censored, and alternative ideas are silenced, one group refuses to be muzzled. Despite shadow bans on social media, low downloads, and crickets on Patreon, one group refuses to be a mainstream media puppet. Today, we honor the heroes of the Cannabis Airwaves. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the Podcasters. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back. We have another great show in store for you today. Famous Amos Lozano is here to talk about his podcast, Eat Plants, Move Often. Amos, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, what's going on, Dan? Happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, I'm glad you could join us today. I'll admit, when I first looked at your show, I just thought the scope of your topics were too broad. But as I dug into it, I realized that every topic kind of ties back to this idea of living a progressive plant-based lifestyle. But I really think the essence of your show, and I think the reason why so many people listen to it, is that you're authentic. You just don't talk the talk. You actually live a progressive plant-based lifestyle. And that's where I thought I wanted to get started. Explain to everybody what a plant-based lifestyle is.
1: Yeah, for sure. So you definitely hit it. It can seem broad, but what ties it all back together is the plants and then ultimately sustainability as well. It's a sustainable lifestyle. And that's what kind of, I guess, lured me to the plant-based lifestyle. At first, it was about my health, but then it started to become more about the environmental impact of not living a plant-based lifestyle and how utilizing various plants, and most notably the hemp plant, can help us live a more sustainable life and then help us operate more sustainable businesses. And so for me, it started with nutrition and juicing. And then I went vegetarian in 2014. I started a juice company back in 2014 with $29 out of my parents' kitchen. And then I became vegan the end of that year. I had always had a passion for cannabis when I learned about industrial hemp and its history. And I've just learned about its sustainable uses. So try to incorporate as much of the plant fibers into my life. Obviously, I got plants behind me. I'm wearing a hemp t-shirt, like you mentioned. It's what I live. It's just who I am. I'm wearing hemp underwear. I got a garden right outside here. Everything I do is surrounded around that concept of a plant-based life and uh, sustainability. Hence the name of my personal brand and my podcast, Eat Plants Move Often.
0: Like I said, you walk the walk. You talk the talk. I haven't listened to all your episodes, but I've seen the topics ranging from cannabis and hemp, sustainability, to circular economy, to entrepreneurship, I think the one episode that jumped out at me is the building a legacy brand. Can you tell us that story?
1: Yeah, most definitely. So I live here in Texas. I call it the last cannabis frontier. Texas is a huge market and will be a huge market when it comes to the cannabis industry. And So I call it the last frontier because um, we're kind of still in the 90s when it comes to our laws for the most part, except for our recent developments in the hemp side. So I grew up here in Texas, born and raised in San Antonio, whereas the cannabis lifestyle and industry was very illegal and heavily stigmatized.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so once I discovered the truth about the plant, that cannabis was not made illegal because marijuana is a dangerous drug, but because industrial hemp is such a useful crop that it threatens the big corporate titans they really run our country and world. There was a fire that was lit within me and a passion that was lit within me. And that's what kind of comes out in everything that I do and fuels me. And I just felt like I'm not going to not <laughs> pursue a lifestyle and a business in this plant. And so I delved into selling cannabis on the black market back in 2011, over 10 years ago, which I eventually got arrested for, but my first experience with growing cannabis it's unique now maybe since you have a lot of legal licensed growers and that's how they first started but it's not so unique in people who have been doing it in the underground the black market for a while but it's interesting story because people don't often hear these stories but i decided i wanted to grow cannabis and i needed a place because i was still living with my parents and so I put the idea out to my close group of friends that I was always smoking with, my smoking buddies. And one of my friends was like, hey, well, my mom lives out in Bandera, Texas. Maybe we can do something out there. It turned out she didn't necessarily have a place, but she had a friend who had some property and we went and visited him and he had a maybe a three-bedroom house. And I'm thinking, okay, this could work out in one of these rooms in here. And he walks us into his bedroom. He walks us into the, into his bathroom. He walks us into his closet and he pulls down his like attic string and the stairs come down. He's like, you guys can grow up there. And I mean, not the best place to grow, but I guess it's somewhere, right? And it's my first time growing. So I'm like, let's just give this thing a go. So that was how my first grow was I launched it inside a, a friend, of, a, of a friend's attic and tested my hand at some hydroponics which is even more difficult, especially for beginners. But I love the setups and I love the, like I mentioned in the episode, the scientific approach. Not that growing in soil isn't scientific, it can be, but the air stones that create the bubbles in the bubble buckets, getting the the different meters to make sure that your PPM and your pH is right, And all those things, just like a science experiment. And I've always loved biology and science. So yeah, that's kind of how it started.
0: That's a great story. Obviously, it gives our listeners a a vision into what your shows are like. But also, you made a good point about Texas being like the last frontier and how much information is censored. And that's the thing I like about podcasting is that Mm -hmm. everyday people have an opportunity to listen to uncensored information about topics that need to be discussed. And to that point, you brought along a clip from an episode you did on the apparel industry. Can you set that up for us?
1: So, that specific episode I recorded because I sell custom made hemp apparel as well as my own branded hemp apparel. And what I discovered is that people don't understand the price point of the garments that we sell, which is a higher price point. And so, I wanted to explain that there are differences in the types of hemp apparel out on the market right now, just like there is differences in the quality of CBD products out in the market and that they're not all created equal and it's the same for hemp apparel. So I was finding some frustration in explaining this over and over and over to people. So I'm like, let me just make an episode that I can just send to people.
0: Yeah. Well, let me play a clip and then we'll talk about it. Hang on.
1: Rayon and nylon were invented around the same time that cannabis prohibition started because the dupont corporation invented and patented those synthetic fibers and they wanted to eliminate the competition of hemp and so they were part of the conspiracy to make the plant illegal and to spread propaganda about marijuana and cannabis to make the whole plant illegal because they wanted to thin out the competition with their newly patented synthetic fibers
0: that's just crazy that's i mean you It happened a long time ago. I get it. But it's just crazy that that could have even happened. And, you know, the other thing that you talked about in that episode that I don't think I hear enough about is this idea of disposable clothing. They make Mm -hmm. it so inexpensive that you wear today, throw it out, get the next one. It's not good for the environment, the people that work in that industry, nothing. And I think it's great that you brought that up
1: in this interview. Yeah. Fast fashion. It's a big problem. Yeah, it is. It is.
0: Let's jump ahead. We don't have a lot of time, but I always like to leave with sharing a little advice to our guests. And one thing that you do, which (laughs) I mean, I give you a lot of credit because I can't (laughs) do this, is that you do a lot of your episodes are solo. Like you you have some guests, but most of the time it's just you discussing a topic by yourself. Can you share some of your techniques or tips that help you create compelling solo episodes?
1: Yeah, so most of those are just what I call like off the dome, right? It's just off my mind. I'll write down maybe two or three main points that I wanna hit, but other than that, it's just off my mind. And the key to that is a couple of things. Number one, is I read every single day. And so I educate myself. And so I've got this base of knowledge that I can constantly pull from. So that's helpful. And then the second thing that you you mentioned it earlier is just my passion and authenticity is like, I genuinely love learning about the hemp plant and then sharing this information. And so because of that, It makes it easy to just, once I get going, I almost can't stop. Sometimes I'll be talking to somebody for 40 minutes straight and I'm like, hey man, you got me going. You started asking me questions and it just starts fueling out of me. And then maybe the last thing that I'll throw in there is I also listen to a lot of podcasts and there's a few of them that I listen to that are also primarily solo and it helps to listen to other people who who can do the same thing and hearing the way that they go about it. And the last tip uh, that I'll give is your mind can race very quickly. And so sometimes it's hard to keep up with your thoughts. So what I recommend, and this also helps with speaking at live events, because I also speak at live events, talk slower. So as the thoughts are coming, you can just slow down the pace of your thoughts so that it makes it easier to decide what you're about to say, just like I did there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a great technique. Every one of those is good advice, but that is a great technique because, especially when you're speaking in front of a big audience, <laughs> the demons start creeping in and you're like, oh my gosh, I lost my place. If you just dial it back a little bit, it definitely helps. Well, you can check out a new episode of Eat Plants, Move Often every week on all major podcast sites, including Pod Connects, where you can also apply to be a guest. Amos, this is fun catching up. Thanks for being on the show today.
1: Yeah, thanks again for having me and for highlighting this. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1%. That truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like, their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.